Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, with COVID in 2021 and now 2022, anything can happen. And so we got a grandpa on our team. How's that? That's awesome. Mike and the gang celebrating senior day this Saturday when the Hawkeyes host number 16 Wisconsin at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Duel begins at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Going to be live on Big Ten Network. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Full show today with a bunch of sound from Tom Brands and a few of his wrestlers. Doug Schwab after Northern Iowa's big, big weekend down in Oklahoma. We'll touch on that as well. And also Kylie Welker, the first official signee for the Iowa women's wrestling program that was announced earlier today on Thursday. February 3rd. What a way to kick off the shortest month of the year. And it's going to be a heck of a sprint for us here in the wrestling bubble, especially here in Iowa. The college regular seasons are going to wrap up the Iowa High School State Championships later this month. Going to be busy, going to be awesome. Um, But we are going to begin today's show because we're going to touch all of that kind of as we go over the next few weeks. We're going to start today's show. Some quick thoughts on last week's Iowa-Penn State duel. Not really the results of it because I wrote plenty about that in the mailbag, a couple of different stories, and you guys should totally go check out the show notes and read up on that if you haven't already. Um, I wanted to start with the record-setting viewership last Friday's duel um, brought um, via Big Ten Network and kind of contextualize it for you guys. So um, Big Ten Network announced that the Iowa-Penn State duel last Friday, Nittany Lions won 19-13, average 363,000 viewers um, over the two-hour telecast. That is the most watched wrestling broadcast in Big Ten Network history. Iowa-Penn State duel from the 2020, uh, that January 2020, was the previous record, uh, about 3,000 or 342,955, so about 20,000 more people tuned into Friday's duel than they did the duel two years ago, about a 6% increase. Um, Kind of impressive, right, guys? Like, that's, you know, another sign of wrestling's continued growth, Um, another good thing, I think, for the Big Ten Network um, to kind of show that, hey, when you got the, the two premier programs right now in the conference going at it like that, people obviously want to tune in. Um you know, going to probably be a number that they use when it comes to continuing to invest time, energy, resources into covering the sport. I know they've done a fantastic job that um, just with a lot of the social stuff that they've been doing, growing their YouTube presence, um, you know, pulling BTN Plus out of the Flow Wrestling deal. So that's something that they can kind of stand on their own. I think that's kind of a sign that things are trending in the right direction. Um, you know, I talked to the Big Ten Network folks last year when they set record setting viewership numbers again. Um, you know, not only for the regular season, but also for the 
Big Ten Wrestling Championships at the Bryce Jordan Center at Penn State. I know COVID had a lot to do with that because not everybody could be in the building, but hey, um, they also said that wrestling is the third highest rated sport at the network behind football and men's basketball. So kind of another sterling example of that. Um, wanted to kind of contextualize it. I know people were kind of asking about numbers and whatnot. Um, so again, Iowa Penn State wrestling averaged 363,000 viewers. Um, the numbers I were I was able to find to kind of help contextualize it a little bit. Um, men's basketball, um, the Iowa Wisconsin quarterfinal game at the 2021 Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament peaked at 938,784 viewers. That's the highest rated game in Big Ten Network history, so just a shade under a million. Um, The Iowa football team's win over Nebraska in November had 1.94 million viewers. That's the most watched uh, football game in Big Ten Network history. Um, And then that same day, Wisconsin volleyball's win over Nebraska, um, that was to secure a third straight Big Ten title, had 375,000 viewers as the most watched volleyball match in Big Ten Network history. So kind of shows you where Iowa Penn State from last Friday kind of stacks up, at least in terms of just like overall average viewership with some of the other premier events on Big Ten Network. Um, So, you know, hey, smaller, um, you know, I I think it kind of shows a few things. One, Iowa fans tend to tune in to watch their team, right? Because men's basketball, wrestling, football, um, all Iowa um, teams were involved in the highest rated um, telecasts of those particular events. Um, two, volleyball is kind of a niche sport, and we should probably give it its kudos as well. Um, you know, I know they, they kind of fall under the same umbrella as wrestling when it comes to maybe not Olympic sports, but like non-revenue sports, right? Um, very niche sport and, you know, a sport that, you know, there's clearly an audience for. And a lot of the digital efforts that Big Ten Network has put forth when it comes to wrestling, they've done the same thing with volleyball. We probably just don't notice it enough because we are in the wrestling bubble. So that's That tends to be what we look for, right? If we were to start looking for Big Ten volleyball stuff, I'm sure we'd see a lot of the same efforts, um, you know, like-minded efforts. Um, And I think think wrestling fans and volleyball fans would also probably get along, just kind of a side tangential note. Anyway, Big Ten Network also announced this week that um, the big story, the Brands Brothers, the documentary on Tom and Terry Brands, um, that averaged 175,000 viewers, and that is the uh, that's a new viewership record for Big Ten Network as well in terms of original programming. It absolutely crushed the previous record, which was held by um, an on the mat episode that picked up 146,000 viewers. So um, kudos to them. Um, I hope you guys watched it. If you if you haven't seen it, please do. I believe it is set to air again Friday, this Friday, February fourth. February, yeah, February 4th, noon Central Time on Big Ten Network. It's also going to re-air February 6th, February 12th, February 13th. Um, so set your DVRs. Um, you know, if you can't watch it live, um, set your DVR so that you can get to it at a later date. So again, another kind of reinforcement of the Big Ten Network's um, continued willingness to invest in covering wrestling. And I think that's pretty cool, right? So, you know, we kind of touched on you know, Big Ten Network's overall wrestling viewership jumping last year. I know COVID was a big issue with that. Um, but yeah, so just kind of really cool for Iowa Penn State to, to kind of have these numbers. And, um, you know, when you guys hear Tom Brands later in the show, we, we asked him about that, right? And kind of what it means. And, um, you know, we also asked him and, and Alex Marinelli kind of what it means to, to hear those numbers and what, you know, what they kind of think has been driving the sports popularity, right? We've talked a lot about this too. And, and again, we're in the wrestling bubble, right? So we're a little insulated. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really cool to see these viewership numbers. And, 
Um, you know, both of them gave a lot of credit to the Big Ten Network for really helping jump the exposure of the sport of wrestling. You know, they're sharing stories. They're sharing documentaries. Um, you know, they're, they're sharing highlights. Those highlights are going viral in social circles. They launched an Instagram page. They, they've heightened their YouTube presence. Obviously, we see a lot of tweets and whatnot. Um, you know, so just kudos to the Big Ten Network and, and, you know, kudos to the wrestling community for showing out, right? You know, they can pour a lot of time and energy and resources into covering the sport and doing all these cool things, but it really doesn't mean a whole lot if people don't tune in to watch. And very clearly, the wrestling community has come through. We saw it at the Olympics. We see it every year at the NCAA Championships. Um, just very, very awesome. Very, very cool. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, the other thing we talked to Tom and um, it's Alex Marinelli and Michael Kemmer um, very briefly about was, of course, senior day coming up. Um, lots of uh, lots of intriguing matches, right? Wisconsin's kind of an intriguing team. They're ranked 16th by Intermat. Um, you know, at one point they were one of the five remaining undefeated teams in NCAA Division One. Looking at their record right now, nine and one overall. Um, you know, still fairly impressive. You know, they beat a pretty tough North Carolina team. Um, you know, they beat uh, they be always beat a scrappy Rutgers team. They beat Northwestern nineteen fifteen. They beat Minnesota twenty one to fifteen. Their only loss was to Nebraska. They stomped on Purdue and Maryland. So you know they're intriguing, right? Because you you look at their lineup and it's got you know there's some really nice pieces there, right? Like Eric Barnett, one hundred twenty five pounds, returning All American. Austin Gomez, um, we we remember him from when he was at Iowa State. He's he's now in Wisconsin. He's wrestling at one forty nine. He looks really really good. Um, you know Andrew McNally, a MAC champ, he transferred in and now is kind of their guy at 174. Um, Dean Hamity, uh, 165. He's been very, very impressive. Um, 165 just continues to look like one of the deepest weights in the country week after week. Um, Braxton Amos at 197, junior world champ in men's freestyle, junior world's bronze in, uh, in Greco-Roman, made the Olympic trials finals. Um, absolute loot stud who's you know still probably adjusting a little bit to the college level, but that, that happens sometimes. And then they end the lineup with you know Trent Hilger, All-American at 285. Just kind of an intriguing lineup, right? And so, you know, we, we don't really touch as much on that in some of these interviews, but um, I'm intrigued by the duel. Um, you know, I, they Iowa, you know, from Iowa's perspective, they listed Jesse Ibarra again at 125. Um, if, if My gut tells me we may not see Drake Ayala again until the Big Ten Championships. I know a lot of people have asked about him. Um yeah, it's it's an injury. He he's not done for the season. Uh, my guess is with three duels left to go, they're gonna spend the month of February rehabbing a little bit, trying to see what he can and can't do, and then he'll he'll tough it out come March. Maybe we see him against Nebraska since we haven't seen Liam Cronin in a while, and he could be wrestling Jeremiah Reno. Um, maybe we see him. I don't. You know, if if it, we're not gonna probably see him on Saturday. Iowa's next duels against Oklahoma State, so that's Trevor Master Giovanni. Um, could we see him there? Maybe. Um, you know, he was on the, uh, he was on the bench when Iowa wrestled Penn state. So he's there. It's not like he's going anywhere, but yeah. So my, that's just kind of what my gut says that, you know, he's not done for the season. I can tell you that guys for sure. Um, but he, you know, we may not see him again until the big 10 championships, which is totally fine. Um, so yeah, Yabara versus Eric Barnett, probably at 125, 149, Iowa listed three options, Max Murin, Kobe Siebrecht, and also Vince Turk. Um, Wisconsin listed Austin Gomez as well as Aiden Medora at 149. So who knows who we'll see there? Um, it'd be kind of cool to see Max and Austin Gomez. I, I kind of that was one of those matches I kind of circled when I, you know, saw the the probable lineups come out just because that one I think could be a lot of fun. It's one that we could potentially see at the Big Ten Championships. They both have been wrestling very well this season. Um, and then the other thing too is like it's also Senior Day. Mentioned that um, it'd be kind of fun to see Vince Turk get a, get a Senior Day match. Um, he's got a really interesting story. Um, 
you know, kind of always been right there on the cusp of, of being a regular starter for the Hawkeyes. He was actually at the NCAA championships in 2018, um, you know, won a pigtail match. I believe he went three and two at the tournament, scored a handful of, of bonus points as Iowa took third that week. Um, you know, and, and he actually, he, he, he left the program, um, to do something with, um, army Rangers. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. He went into the armed forces and because he was able to do that, that froze his eligibility clock. So when he comes back this year, he has a year left, decides to come back to the program. Things don't go his way at the Luther open. Um, but he sticks around anyway. So it's, I, you know, I think it'd be really fun for him to get kind of a senior day moment. Um, if that's ultimately what they decide to do, not hundred percent sure, got no insight, just kind of spitballing off the top of my head. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, you know, we mentioned the matchup at 165, Alex Marinelli, Dean, Dean Hamity. I mean, this, these are two all American caliber guys. Um, going to be crucial here when it comes to big 10 seating. Uh, 197 looks all sorts of fun. Jacob Warner and Braxton Amos. Um, you know, this is no rest for the weary at 197, whether in the Big Ten, Big 12, or anywhere around the country, right? So, you know, Jacob Warner goes from Max Dean to uh, a junior world champ, right? So, um, you know, that could be a match for him to kind of get right and, and figure some things out. Or, or maybe Braxton Amos will uh, put the rest of the country on notice. Who knows what will happen? Uh, 285, um, Tony Cassiope, Trent Hilger. I know Cassiope really has his number, but, hey, two All-American heavyweights going at it. Always sounds like a good time to me. A couple other matches that I think might be kind of interesting. Uh, mentioned Andrew McNally at 174, him and Michael Kemmer. Um, you know, just, hey, that, that you know, I think that one draws a little bit of intrigue. I like Kemmer in that match, but we'll see what happens. 184, Abasad, Chris Weiler. Um, again, uh, one of those where I think Abasad's probably the better guy, but, you know, Weiler's been around for a while and it could be intriguing. And then 157, uh, Garrett Modell um, for Wisconsin, Caleb Young for Iowa, just, you know, not quite the gauntlet of an opponent that, that Caleb Young wrestled earlier in the season, but still a pretty tough customer all the same. So we'll see, uh, we'll see, we'll see kind of how that goes, right? Modell has a win over uh, Brayton Lee, um, Caleb Young uh, almost had a win over Brayton Lee, has previously beaten Brayton Lee, so... Um, you know, hey, could could be could be a fairly interesting match there in the middle of the lineup. So yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to to lead off today's show. Now I'm kind of rambling. Now we're, you know, we're about 14 minutes into the show now. So let's uh, let's go ahead and hop into the Iowa interviews. We're going to start with Iowa coach Tom Brands, um, and then you'll hear from Alex Marinelli and Michael Kemmer just talking about Senior Day. Um, we talked to Tom about a couple of the Big Ten Network stuff and just kind of what this uh, this senior class means for the uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, probably going to write a little bit more about it, if not uh, later this week, then definitely on Saturday after the duel. Um, you know, this this was the senior class that brought an NCAA team title back to Iowa City. So this is this is a, a senior class that's going to be near and dear to many Iowa fans' hearts, as well as Iowa coach Tom Brands, and and he made that very apparent when we talked to him early this week. So we'll go to those interviews now, and I will see you guys on the other side. I'm new here. Thanks for hanging with me, everybody. <laughs> Bro, you're the best, man. <laughs> Live and learn. The first question this afternoon, Tom, is from Mike Finn. Um, hey, Tom. This year, this Saturday, you're going to be honoring your seniors. Is something I don't think they got a chance to last year because of obviously the pandemic. Ten years from now or so, we're going to be looking back at this group. Would you have a word or phrase to describe what this group, how we should remember this group of seniors? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is resilient through the COVID stuff. They went through a tough decision um, that didn't happen last year, which is fortunate for everybody, even though there weren't fans in the in the stands or at least a packed house for the for the arenas of competition and then the national tournament. The the other thing that goes through my mind is 
an overused word that's very, very cliche nowadays, but culture, character, um, charisma. Um, we've had some good recruiting classes here that were really good in, in every way. And um, this recruiting class or this group, I should say, is one of those where there are a group of guys that had all those qualities about them, not just being tough on the mat and delivering in their performance, but all the things that I mentioned. Thanks, Tom. Now the next question is from Cody Goodwin. Um, also regarding the seniors, in what ways have they, I don't know if changed is the right word, but I guess in what, what are the, you know, when you remember the way that they impact the program, what are, what are you going to first remember? Uh, just, I just, I mean, there were three adjectives that I just mentioned or more, and you could keep going and, um, you know, they're honest people, they're accountable, um, never have, I mean, there, there, it'd be like having a room full of Sorensons. And, you know, I always talked about how Sorensen was zero maintenance, um, you know, and, and Spencer Lee's part of that group as well. Um, even though, you know, he's not going to be taking part in the, you know, in the senior night, senior afternoon. Um, Jacob Warner, Max Mirren, you know, they're going to benefit from uh, COVID relief year as well. So, you know, you add all those together and there's a lot of, you know, good qualities about a lot of people. And when you have a lot of good qualities um, and those good qualities are showing up in a pretty big group of people, good things are happening. Next question, Tom, from Drew Best. Hi, Tom. So this is more pertaining to last weekend. The numbers for Big Ten Network just came out, and obviously last week's duel was the most watched uh, wrestling on Big Ten Network. Even in defeat, what kind of <laughs> how do you feel about how you're making an impact on growing in the sport? Well, I think we have a good product that we put on the mat, and we certainly need to get uh, better performance-wise in 10 weight classes if we're going to you know, compete with a team like Penn State. Um, and that goes for dual meets, tournaments, and everything else in addition to that. Um, you know, you mentioned in defeat. Um, I like how you think. Um, just think if, if we win, how, how uh, I think a lot of people may have shot their TV off maybe. So I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know how the ratings work, but maybe they shut their TV off like after Warner and we, we were out of it mathematically. So you never know what those numbers maybe could have been. But um, yeah, I mean, it's great for the sport. We love the, uh, the attention, uh, but th those um, things earn themselves, so to speak. We have great guys that take pride in competing hard. And when you do that and you have a team that comes in that, embodies those same things in their wrestling you're going to have two titans that are going to be watched by a lot of people thanks tom next question from cody goodwin 
kind of following up on that, just with the growth of the sport overall and the and more exposure. And, um, you know, I, I know you, the, the documentary on you and Terry got a lot of viewership too. Just maybe from your perspective, what do you think is the biggest reason for the growing popularity of the sport of wrestling? I think the Big Ten Network has a lot to do with that. There is a lot of access for viewing. Um, and, and this is, what do you call it, linear? This is real TV. This isn't, you know, a subscription. This isn't, um, you know, this is something that you could sit down in your living room and you're scrolling through your channels and all of a sudden something comes across a screen and there's, you know, some craziness going on. You know, it catches people's minds. They might pause there. You might catch a wrestling fan that's a sports fan that's looking for something interesting and and that's happened before i mean there's stories of some of gable's best supporters um that were flipping through channels and end up on iowa public television and there's a packed house and it's iowa oklahoma state wrestling and all of a sudden you know this guy's a, a donor for for gable and i can think of a specific example with a relationship a long time relationship with a with a guy that became a, a great fan of ours and it was just because of the access that was on TV. It's a big deal. The Big Ten Network's become a big deal um, because of the, the linear. And that's a word that I don't really know why they call it linear. I just know it's linear. It's real TV. You can flip through a channels, a bunch of channels and end up on the Big Ten Network. The next question, Tom, is from Austin Hansen. Hey, Coach, can you talk a little bit about how unique it is to have uh, guys like Michael Kemmerer and other guys in the senior class to be in your room wrestling for six and seven years as college wrestlers? Yeah, I mean, Michael Kemmerer, we wouldn't have been here seven years. He would have been here six if it wasn't for COVID relief. And these other guys, you know, wouldn't have been here six. They would have been here five. The COVID relief year, you know, I think they, you know, that's not even, it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, so justice was served there. And then in Kemmerer's case, I mean, there's a hardship waiver um, that's also legit. I mean, it's not something that's a, a, a committee or a vote. It's pretty straightforward process. And he definitely fell into those, you know, parameters to, you know, get the hardship. So, um, you know, with COVID in 2021 and now 2022, anything can happen. And so we got a grandpa on our team. How's that? That's awesome. Marinelli, how you doing? Doing great. How'd you decide who's going to go first? I just hopped up. <laughs> All right, let's get o oldest goes last, I guess. Grandpa Mike goes last. First question, Marinelli, is from Cody Goodwin. Um, have you guys, or I guess, did you guys see um, the news from the Big Ten Network about the, the duel being the highest televised wrestling duel of Big Ten Network history, yeah. and I wasn't sure if you guys had any quick immediate thoughts on that. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm in the master's program in the sport and rec management uh, department, and that got brought up in one of my classes today. And, um, you know, my teacher said that's, that's huge for Iowa. That's huge for um, not just Iowa, but wrestling in general in the Big Ten and uh, um, big for our guys. Um, you know, putting us on on the big screen, like Tom said, um, is a huge deal. Putting a putting um our wrestling on in, in a lot of people's living rooms, so it's it's pretty cool. As an athlete, what do you guys think is the biggest reason that wrestling has become more popular over the last five six years? I mean, I think 
media, social media, I think, uh, you know, Big Ten's doing a really, really good job of just putting content out there. Um, but also, you know, Iowa is, you know, the top top dog now and and they're what a lot of people want to see them fall. Um, and, and, you know, the Big Ten in general is just, you know, the best conference in, in college wrestling. So um, I and, and I think they lead they lead the country as far as um, uh, social media presence. So. Alex, the next question is from Mike Finn. Um, Alex, you've gone through a lot during your career at Iowa, not just wrestling. How hard has it been to balance it and maybe having this extra year maybe helped you put everything in perspective? I mean, I have a lot of people on my side that help me out with juggling school and, um, you know, academic uh, uh, stuff like that. And then and then sports, you know, I think uh, at Iowa, it really it really is an easy thing uh, to balance a lot of stuff. You got you got a lot of people on your side. You got coaches um, and then the, the academic help uh, with the um, the tutors, if you need them, um, you know, the academic advisors, Doug Coonrad, um, you know, trainers, if you if you got injuries to take care of. I mean, just the whole aspect, you know, nutrition, um, it, it, it's pretty easy. You know, coming in as a freshman, uh, I had to do I had to make those adjustments, but I had the help that was needed. So you, you will you will be wrestling your last time in Carver this, this Saturday. Has it made you think back to your first time and what are your memories of that? Yeah, my wife. Mariah just asked me what what was my first duel and it was uh, Michigan State um, and I, I kind of throttled the guy but I kind of want to do that I want to end I want to end on a good note again and uh, obviously uh, it's gonna be bittersweet um, you know I, I I know I know there's there's guys you know Ironside was just in our in our room the other day and he said I would give anything to be you guys again I would give anything to be you guys and compete now at Carver again and I know that's going to be the feeling but um, I'm going to cherish it and just have fun with my brothers and and uh, really take it in thanks Alex Alex the next question is from KJ Pilcher uh, similar to what Mike asked you know does it affect the way you kind of kind of approach this week at all not necessarily the training but kind of focusing on, hey, you know, all the things that kind of surround a senior day, senior night, uh, you know, what kind of impact does that have? I think anyone? I think it's the same. Um, a lot of my teammates would agree that it's just another match. Um, yeah, it's special because it is my last one, but I'm not really thinking about that too much. I, I honestly, um, it doesn't get brought up a whole lot, um, but, you know, it it is special. Um, and you guys can make it a big deal. Tom can make it a big deal. But for me personally, it's my match, and I'm just going to go out there and wrestle and um, going to go compete for you guys and try to entertain. That's what I've tried to do for the past six years I've been here is entertain my uh, the fans here at Iowa. So hopefully I've done it justice. Next question, Alex, is from Cody Goodwin. Um, I know that there's always a lot of, you know, build up and hype that goes into, like, Iowa Penn State but how do, how do you guys you know mentally transition into you know there's still three more duels there's obviously one this coming weekend um you know what what is that transition like for you guys in the room after such you know a build-up you know for a duel that you guys want to win uh yeah I mean we're we're, we're trying to be selfish you know in, in that aspect of is how hyped we get. Um, we don't really want to get too, too hyped. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're 
involved in other people's matches um, when we don't need to be. So I would say, you know, the Penn State dual meet, um, you know, it was hyped and everything, but it, it to me, it's just another match. So it sounds we I've said it before and we've all said it, but, um, you know, Wisconsin coming in um, to me, that's just as important as the last one. So, uh, you know, obviously, if they're not in the top five, it just doesn't matter to me. They got they got individual matchups that are great. And, um, you know, they're they're a tough opponent. So you got to teach you got to treat them like you did last week. So. Next question, Alex, is from Drew Best. Hey, uh, uh, as we're entering the later end of the regular season, heading towards the postseason, what are some things that you're emphasizing both on and off the mat? I'd say just dominate my opponent, um, get to my attacks, you know, create angles, create create a lot of uh, opportunities, um, and just stick to where I'm good. Keep it simple. I know Terry's told me a lot, just keep it simple and don't try to complicate things and just go out there and have fun. I think, uh, you know, I'm not really thinking postseason too much. I know you mentioned that, but um, we got we got a lot of we got a lot of wrestling left for um, until postseason. So. All right, Alex Marinella, thanks for your time. Good luck on Saturday. Here's Michael Kemmer. Introduced by the Bull. How are you feeling, Kemmer? Feeling good. Always good to get introduced by the Bull. <laughs> First question this afternoon, Kemmer, is from Cody Goodwin. Um, I know when people go to college, whether they're athletes or just normal people, um, they have these, like, there's like expectations, right? Of like going into this whole experience of what you want to do, what you hope to do. In what ways has your Iowa experience matched your expectations? And in what way has it been different? Yeah. I mean, it's matched my expectations in that I knew the demands of the program and, and being at that high standard every day and the high goals. And that's what I wanted when I came here. And it's it's been just like that. Uh, there's been a lot of things different too. I mean, just things that I've learned and relationships that I've built that have been just, you just can't really predict them and um, things happen. I mean, here I am in my seventh year, you know, had a medical redshirt in there, had a national tournament canceled, have had so many different events really happen throughout my career. People come and go. Um, and honestly, that, that's just kind of what has made my whole experience and it's been awesome and um, really enjoyable. Remember, the next question is from KJ Pilcher. Yeah, Michael, it's kind of pretty special coming out of that tunnel to a Carver crowd. Um, have you given any thought of what it's going to be like on Saturday to come out of that tunnel for the last time to the, to the home crowd? Yeah, I mean, it's that's one of the best feelings that I tell people that, you know, you can see it from the stands, you can see it from the bench, but when you're the one coming out of that tunnel, it's just a unique experience and, I can close my eyes and picture it clearly. And so last time, you know, it's it's a bittersweet feeling, but at the same time, I got an opponent out there that's going to be wanting to spoil my senior night and, um, you know, it's still a wrestling match to take care of. So you don't have too much time to get too into the, I guess, sentimental side of things, but, man, it's a special feeling. It's it's going to feel good. Do you remember the first time uh, you came out for a match at Carver? I remember coming out for the Iowa City duels, wrestling, wrestling some matches there. I remember my first uh, Division One match. I think was against Iowa State. Ended up being a crazy match. I kind of held on, held on to win actually. So um, it had been a lot of, a lot of good, crazy experiences there.
Always good to hear from Tom and Alex Marinelli and Michael Kemmer, just two standout representatives on and off the mat for the Hawkeyes. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to to talk to and get to know them and, and share their stories. I know I've written longer pieces on on both of them throughout their Iowa careers. Um, Kemmer, obviously, on, on brands, driving 700 miles through the night to save a, a failed recruiting visit, and then Alex Marinelli, um, you know, the story about Eli and, and his wife, Mariah, and just the impact that's had on him and, um, you know, just, just two really good dudes that it's, it's fun to talk to, um, you know, so it's gonna, you know, I know a lot of people are going to miss them once they leave the program. Um, but I'm really glad and fortunate to have been able to talk with them and, and get to write about their Iowa wrestling careers. Um, shifting gears now, um, wanted to quickly highlight, Northern Iowa wrestling program, uh, Northern Iowa, Iowa State, both went down to Oklahoma and perfect weekend. Pitched a, uh, you know, not not quite a no hitter, but two, uh, you know, I guess the, they went four and zero, right? It was it was pretty impressive. Uh, you and I and Iowa State both beating Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, the first thought that that came to my mind actually was that um, Iowa's wrestling dominance over Oklahoma. Um, the real ones know this. It actually started last June um, when Iowa beat Oklahoma in the finals of the junior men's freestyle national duels, 40 to 23. Um, so again, the real ones know. But this, I mean, this was really, really cool, right? This, you and I rallied from down 12-0 to beat Oklahoma State 19-5 at, at Gallagher Iba Arena. Um, you know, it was just, it was the first time the Panthers had ever beaten Oklahoma state in Stillwater. It was just the fourth win over Oklahoma state in program history, but also the second time in three years that they've done that. Um, some of you guys will remember that, uh, you and I beat Oklahoma state 1915 at the McLeod center back in January, 2020, lots of ties between the 2020 season and the 2022 season, um, or at least those portions of those respective seasons. Um, so yeah, like it was, you know, the Northern Iowa dropped the first four matches, um, battled hard in those first four matches, but still only came up with two total takedowns and, um, you know, Oklahoma State surged out to an early lead and then they won five of the final six, um, got a big, big pin from Lance Runyon at 174 over Dustin Plott and then Parker Keckeisen did what Parker Keckeisen does, made your decision over Dakota Gear and that kind of lifted the Panthers to, to victory, right? So that, you know, five of the final six, um, able to beat Oklahoma state ranked fourth in the country. Um, and then Iowa state comes in and, and does the exact same thing to the Cowboys the very next day, right? You and I wins on Saturday night. Um, and then Iowa state wins on Sunday afternoon. Um, so a little bit, um, you know, the Cyclones end up winning 20 to 12, um, took six of the 10 matches, had a 10, six lead at intermission. Um, Oklahoma state, comes back with uh, two wins for a 13 to 10, no, 12 to 10 lead, excuse me. And then Marcus Coleman continues his fantastic season, eight to three win over Dakota Gear at 184. That put the Cyclones back in front. They would not trail again. Younger Bastida, Sam Schuyler, both win at 97 and 84. Um, important to note, um, I think at least AJ Ferrari not there for, for Oklahoma State. Um, also important to note that even if he was there, for the UNI duel, not sure how big of a difference it would have make, even if he if even if he scored a pin, um, you know, UNI still wins the duel 1918. Um, would have maybe made a little bit of a bigger difference against uh, Northern or against Iowa State, excuse me, because um, younger Bastida um, over a very talented Gavin Sticka, right? At 197, scored an 18 to 6 major decision. If Ferrari wins that one even by decision, that's a seven point swing. Um, so then you're looking at 
16 to 15. Iowa State still wins because David Carr scored five takedowns for a major decision over Wyatt Sheets at 157. I don't know. Um, you know, I clearly they it didn't look like Oklahoma State was, was it wasn't their best weekend. Obviously, um, first time they'd lost back to back home duels since 1993. And now they're in danger of losing to all three Division I schools for the first time since, I believe, 1986. Um, if I did that math correctly, I wrote it in the mailbag. I don't remember it right offhand. This is why I need to take notes and write my scripts out for my podcast so that I can get these things complete and 100% accurate for you guys. But 1986 sounds about right. I'm going to look that up while I continue to talk here. Um, you know, they struggled on bottom. Um, you know, they didn't score hardly any bonus points. Like even in the four matches that they won against you and I, like the Panthers just, they wrestled really, really hard. Um, you know, and there were a handful of matches there that I thought maybe the Panthers were going to steal, right? You know, the 125, right? Brody Teske rides out and forces OT. Um, you know, I thought he was going to beat Mastro in OT, but he didn't get it done. Um, Kyle Biscogli, a really smart, savvy match, only losing 5-1 to Dayton Fix. Um, you know, Colin Realbuto at 149 against Caden Gefeller. Uh, Gefeller ended up beating Jarrett Dagan, but Realbuto just wrestled really hard, thought he might eventually score some points to, to win that one. Kale Happel against Carter Young. Um, it was 6-6 going into the third, right? And then Carter Young goes escape takedown, um, adds a riding time point because he scored three takedowns in the first period. So those guys were right there, right? And then, um, you know, hey, shout out to John Gunderson as well, coming out of red shirt, now wrestling for the Panthers at 197. Pretty cool to see a true freshman get an opportunity like that. Um Yeah, so here's the – yeah, okay, here's the stat. So, yeah, Oklahoma State now in danger of losing to all three of Iowa's Division I schools in the same season for just the second time ever. The only other time it happened was during the 85-86 season. Uh, December of 85, Northern Iowa beat Oklahoma State in Cedar Falls, 23-15. January 1986, Iowa State beat Oklahoma State in Ames, 21-12. And then February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1986, Iowa went into Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State 30-9. So Iowa wrestles Oklahoma State at Globe Life Field in Texas um, next weekend. So we'll we'll hit on that too. Next week's going to be a really busy week with districts, um, Iowa State, you and I, and then Obviously, the the bout at the ballpark, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But still, just a really fun weekend for for you and I and Iowa State. You and I followed up their big win by beating Oklahoma seventeen to fifteen. Um, Kale Happel and and Parker Keckeisen both scored, or excuse me, Kale Happel and um, excuse me, Derek Holschlag major decisions. Um, those two bonus points stood up as the the deciding points for the Panthers on Sunday. Parker Keckeisen beat former teammate Keegan Moore at 184, which was kind of an interesting little dynamic there for that duel. Um, so yeah, that was that was really fun. And then obviously um, Iowa State, they they beat up Oklahoma pretty good on Friday night and then beat the Cowboys on, on Sunday. So yeah, um, so to follow up with that, kind of rambly a little bit. Again, this is why I usually write my scripts for my podcast. We uh, got a hold of Doug Schwab, um, his weekly press conference, talked to him just about the weekend and got his thoughts on the performance and how the team is doing. They're now five and five overall. They've got air force this coming Friday night at the West gym. Uh, believe then they also wrestle West Virginia on Saturday again at the West gym. Iowa state is home, uh, both, uh, days this weekend as well. So everybody's at home this weekend. So get out and watch some wrestling. If you don't want to watch college wrestling sectionals is this weekend for class one, a and two a, but, um, yeah, just got, a, got a hold of Doug talked about, um, you know, the weekend's performance, how he feels moving forward. Um, he touched on some individual guys. And then he also, a week early, um, touched on the 
upcoming Iowa State U and I duel as well. I posted that video on Twitter earlier today, and you'll be able to hear the full thing here coming up next. So let's go to Doug now, and I will see you guys on the other side. Not a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> nah, that's, that's a lie. Now, I'll tell you this that, uh, well, a couple things. I mean, one is the dislike for Oklahoma to Oklahoma State's real. I mean, I think we got more handshakes and pats on the back. And, and those Oklahoma, the Oklahoma fans were so happy we beat Oklahoma State, <laughs> which is. Uh, which is good, but the hate's real, so I like that. Um, you know, we talked going down there is we got to get used to winning the state of Oklahoma. Obviously, the Big 12 title championships are down there in Tulsa. Um, but, you know, to do something we haven't done in program history, it's a big deal. I mean, it is. You know, we never, never beat them in Gallagher-Iba, but I can tell you this, that that was our plan all along. You know, you get, get messages from people, and, you know, it's great. I mean, I, I appreciate them, um, but... We want to get to where you, that's that's the norm. It's not like well that's that's some that's some exception. This this is this is the norm. Um, I can tell you, I think we beat Oklahoma the last five times we've wrestled them. So to me, that's starts to be the expectation, starts to be what we do, um, and not like some big surprise that we go down and beat Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Um, that's where our guys prepare for. And you know, we look at our record, and now we're five and five, and you know. We're gaining some momentum. Guys are getting better. They're listening, believe, applying what we're talking about. And, man, so you listen, believe, apply what we're talking about, and you continue to consistently do that, and then it turns into progress, and then it turns into wins, and then it turns into domination. Um, and now we're getting the progress. We're getting some wins, and now you got to continue to build from that. But, man, I, I say I'm not proud of the team. Hell, yeah, I'm proud of our team um, and how we competed. And you, still, you think about how that meet went a little bit, and, you know, we lost – Three really close matches, three out of four. Um, you know, Bisco, Bisco is Bisco's in the match too. Uh, you know, so you lose four close matches that I think, you know, maybe you could have won three of those four and you don't win any of them. And, you know, you're, now you're coming into, you know, a couple All-Americans. Um, I'll tell you, Derek did a great job, man. That guy's been knocking for a long time. He has been knocking for a long time. Um, and... Man, he stayed the course, and now he's starting to see it. So he falls. You know, he beats an All-American. He gets us a win. He starts to get some momentum in our favor. Uh, and then, you know, the next day he got a, got a bonus point victory for us. Uh, but just seeing that and seeing the composure our guys had, because that's an easy place to get rattled. And, you know, you start getting on a roll like that, and you start getting the crowd, and they start getting excited. And, and you know, all oh, this is kind of old Oklahoma State. Uh, this is what, you know, what happens when you come here. Uh, you know, and then he followed that up and then you can't follow that up with just a man beating a good kid that kid's a two-time all-american um and you could see that guy get frustrated and the you know those guys were prepared they had these guys really prepared for those matches and those guys they they executed very well and then you get run in to get a fall and that place was dead quiet and that's one that's one of the things whenever we go to an opposing team our thought is let's make that arena quiet because if it's really quiet, that means not much good's happened for them. Um, and then you follow that up with Parker getting bonus points against a very good wrestler. That guy's a multiple-time All-American. I don't care. You're, you're bonus and point in a multiple-time All-American. That's a hell of a job. Um, and then you can see them scramble a little bit. <laughs> and that's a good that's a good place to be. Um, you know, we brought John. Noah's hurt. And, um, you know, John's redshirt, you know, true freshman. And, 
sat and talked and like, hey man, we, we need you. We need you to step up for the team. And this is going to be an incredible opportunity for you to be able to compete uh, at the highest level. Obviously, he's competing in a in a you know two Big Twelve duels and and competed hard, stayed in matches. Um, you know, and then Tyrell closed it out. And it was a it was a fun it was a fun atmosphere for us. It was great for our team to do something that hasn't been done before. And yeah, I mean, not many people get to party in Gallagher Iba. I don't say we party, but I partied a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit, because you know what? I mean, ultimately, we need to be them, beat them in the Big 12 tournament. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But this certainly, this certainly gives us some momentum, you know. And then following up the next day after an emotional, emotional night, a win, you know, you, you know, you had late travel the day before, um, and you're traveling again. Uh, but I told our team, I kind of. The way I thought about that is that the second round of the national tournament, you have a night match. Then you kind of come back the next morning, you got a quarterfinal match. To me, those are kind of the, in, in, in ways, they're the same thing. You have to be able to get emotionally high and get up, maybe have a big victory, and then you have to be able to bring it back down, get yourself ready and compose, and get ready and be able to do it again. Um, and our team, our team responded. Um, you know, I look at it, we lost a lot of close matches, though, yesterday. And, you know, we're sitting in the locker room and, you can almost feel like guys are like, they're pissed off. They're not happy. They lost a lot of close matches, and they're like, man, there's more there, coach. I mean, you can just feel it, and that's a good thing. That is a great thing. It's a great thing that maybe we don't feel like we compete as well as we're capable of, and we still win matches against two really good teams. Um, so that certainly gives us a lot of momentum moving forward. Um, you know, I'll tell you, Gullhofer stepped up for our team yesterday. Wrestle a hard, tough match, and then Bisco beats a you know a guy that's ranked in close to the top ten. He beat him last year, but controlled the match. Happel gets bonus points. Uh, Colin, man, I mean, competed his tail off. Didn't win. Derek gets bonus points. Yant, man, goes and he didn't get scored on this weekend. <laughs> I like our chances if you don't give up any points. Uh, and then Running had a he had a scrap with Montanona. Montanona's a very dangerous wrestler. And then you know Parker. Parker wrestling a guy that was here can be can be uh, a little bit emotional. You know, Keegan's a good competitor and been being a tight close match. And then I'll tell you, John John saved bonus points, and I don't say you ever saved bonus points, but that guy's an All-American, um, fifth-year guy, man, and he fought. He fought at the end. He could have easily given up a score, and he didn't. Um, saved saved end up being a bonus point for us, and you know, Tyrell scrapped again. You know, the thing I'm, I'm thinking about is like. These guys are just handing the baton off, one to the next. So, man, in, when one guy competes with fire and hustle and they're inspiring their teammate behind us, man, then that guy carries that torch and then he just he runs, he wants to run even faster. That's what we, that, I think that's what we had this weekend. I think one guy's feeding off one another. Now, they might not even be watching the match, but they can sense it. They can sense it. They can see it. They can feel it. They can hear it, <laughs> you know, especially at Oklahoma State. And those guys are feeding off each other, and they're just handing it off one to the next. Um, you know, I think really thought about our team and what we want to do moving forward is whenever we're in enemy territory that we went over their crowd. If you went over their crowd, that means you competed in a way that everyone respects. And, man, I know maybe those teams, they don't like us, and I don't want them to like us because we're a threat. Uh, but man, they got to respect us because of how we're prepared and how we compete. And I think we represent ourselves very well this weekend, and not just in the, not just 
down in Oklahoma. But, you know, also those guys wrestling a tournament, and I kind of told those guys, you guys are the guys, you guys start us off. And we had, what we had one, two, three, four, five, five champs. You know, we had a couple guys that were in the finals against one another. We had a couple seconds. We won a whole lot of matches um, and scored a whole lot of points. And, you know, great for our guys to continue to develop. And I think that, that's what's so critical is that everyone's continuing to try to develop and move forward. No one's redshirted yet. And it's what I'm kind of seeing on some of these teams a little bit. And I'm not to, to, to downplay, but, man, we have to continue to bring everyone along. No one can, can punt the rest of the season. And we have to continue to press. I always say faster and farther together. And that's, you know, that's why those guys wrestled. Those guys competed well, and they got us going, man. And the guys are watching. They're paying attention. They're seeing these guys are scoring points, and they're winning tournaments. And, you know, even the guys that weren't there, man, they're part of those victories. And, you know, we got two opportunities at home this week, and we'll be we'll be excited and ready for it, man. We got some momentum. We just got to continue to build on it. So. You touched on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, like, four shots win against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I mean, to what the last four matches is relevant. He set the bar right there for that success, brilliant success. Just how, how key was his win? Hi. Well, you got to stop the bleeding, right? <laughs> or you got to be that. You got to be that brave. I know the word I want to say that. I won't say it, but you got to be that that brave, courageous competitor. That hey, I'm. I'll be the guy. Put it on my shoulders. I'll be the guy. It's not like because that it starts to happen, right? You start to get momentum. It starts to snowball, and it can avalanche on you. And you got to be that guy that's going to be like, nah, man, I'm stopping it. And he did. I mean, he 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 he. Scrambled out of quite a few attacks, and the guy got frustrated, um, and he kept his he kept his head, man. That, that was huge. Obviously, I mean that's that's something. And Yance falling back up, and you beat two two All Americans back to back. That's that's huge. And Plot has been wrestling very very well, and you know, you, you get a pin there and you tie the match. And like I said you see him scrambling on the other side, and that place was dead quiet, man. And I never I never enjoyed hearing silence more. Than I had, than I, than I had at that time. The one thing that stuck out, Doug, from what you had to say was, you know, the scheduling of this weekend mm-hmm. and how it somewhat mirrors an NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. right? And with respect to everybody in the lineup and on the roster, uh, how important is that for Parker in particular? Because, I mean, certainly people see what he is and his accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like he was? You already knew he was built for something like that because. He, like other guys did too. He went down there and and answered the bell. He went and yeah. won both of his matches in that format, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not that, obviously that wasn't just for him. I mean, it's that's for our whole team because our whole team plans on doing what he did last year, right? You know, you're in the you're in the semifinals of the dang national tournament. You're in the you're in the placing round, and you're in those matches. But I think anytime when you have you have two tough matches back to back, you got to be consistent. You know, the margins are are small. You know, I mean, they're 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 small, and he he's doing a good job of widening those margins. Um, and that's what we want to be able to do with our other guys, be able to widen those margins. But um, I just think from a from a team perspective, you you have to put those guys in tough situations. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, you get you know what, you, flight gets delayed. This happens, and you're in late, and it's not ideal. None of that matters. It does not mean anything. It means nothing when you step out on that mat, especially when you have a focused mind. It means nothing, and the other team doesn't care. I mean, that's the one thing that I always try to impart on our guys is that they don't care how your travel was. They don't care that, oh, you, you weren't, you, for you were sick this week. 
Oh, you got a ding? You got an injury? Do you, you care? We don't care. <laughs> you know, there are excuses when you go out there, but um, I want to put those guys in that situation because we we are trying to be prepared for March, and that helps prepare us for March. How about first ballot Hall of Famer David Ortiz? Yeah, that, yeah, we we could go we could go into that, like that some of these other guys aren't getting voted in. You know, he was more. He was much more. You guys are media, so I, should, you guys, I think he was much more likable than those other guys, you know. And that, I think that that plays a factor. Um, am I happy that he got in? Yeah, but to think that every single one of those guys wasn't cheating. I mean, come on, they all were. That was part of baseball, and they allowed it and they wanted it because they didn't care. Man, you got you got fans in the seats. Man, the stands are packed. But even before Bonds, before that even happened, Bonds was. I mean, how many MVPs did he won? I mean, come on. He should be in the Hall of Fame. So should Clemens. I mean, so should Pete Rose. All those guys. I mean, that they're not in there is a, is a joke as far as I'm concerned. You guys, you guys got anybody? You guys probably know some guys that got ballots. I don't know who those guys. They need to, they need to revoke some of those. They need to give them some other people. I don't know if these. They should. Yeah, so guys like Bonds and Clemens are now off the ballot. The committee for their time era that can pick people meets this December, so they yeah. could be in as early as next year if the group of players wants them. They should be. I don't care what Amos says. I mean, these guys seeing people cheating. I mean, you think there's not guys cheating right now? Come on. Get real. Everyone's trying to find an edge. And we'll see you yeah. next week, but do you have a Super Bowl pick? Uh, I mean, I'm... I'm going to cheer for the Bengals, even though they're in the Steelers division. I don't know. I like what Burrow's done. I mean, it's pretty hard. I mean, they they were bad for a long time. And to see them turn around, just, man, the things happen, kind of those underdogs, man, even even us a little bit, man, underdogs. Underdogs kind of dismissed and, eh, no, we'll, we're just going to keep coming. <laughs> we keep coming. We'll keep slapping you in the face and then keep showing up. And you don't want to give us credit? Fine. We just got to keep doing it. Trying to think of anything else. Anybody else got any questions? I'm trying to think this weekend we have Air Force on Friday in West Virginia on Saturday. So back to back, back to back duels, uh, back to back weigh ins, back to back days in the West Gym. Um, you know, we saw Air Force once. It's kind of it's unique to see a team twice. You know, they're heavyweight. Dang, heavyweight's really good. Uh, Hendrickson's really good. They got some other guys ranked through, throughout. Uh, Barbara will have those guys ready. And then West Virginia, they're, where they're strong, they're really strong. Uh, they got a they got a 25 pounder that's in the he might be ranked fifth or sixth right now. Uh, Cardale 65 is ranked. Heavyweight's good, and they got a, they got some other guys that are in those rankings. Um, Flynn does a good job, and those guys are scrappy. Uh, so to think that we can just start showing up because oh we we beat these teams like no we have to we have to come prepared. But man, when you start building momentum and it goes from talk about doing it, and hope about doing it, and you actually do it, and the results are there, man, you can you can feed on it, and our guys are feeding on it right now. So, man, let's get that West Gym as packed as we can. And I'll tell you, I'm going I'm to put a plug in because next next week, and I'm not getting ahead of myself, but we have Iowa State in the McLeod Center. And if that place isn't packed, I, I'm i going to be one bleep, bleep, bleepy, bleep, because that place should be packed because we got two really, really, really good teams that will be exciting. It'll be fun. It'll be some fun wrestling. We're in the damn state of Iowa. And, man, if you can't get behind two state teams, freaking going at it, going at it tooth and nail. And we've, we've started to build a pretty dang good rivalry. And that's fun. 
And so I shouldn't get ahead of myself because that's not a good thing as coaches to do, but I'm going to market it a little bit because we need it marketed because I haven't seen it out there a whole lot. Um, that next Friday, is that the 11th? The 11th? Yeah. So that 11th, that's a Friday. It's a Friday night. Friday night in McLeod Center. Let's have this, let's have this place packed to the rafters because it's, it's an incredible atmosphere when this place is packed. And we got some work to do before then, but Iowa State's are on a roll too, man. We had, we had a pretty good – the state of Iowa had a pretty good weekend down in Oklahoma. Um, so – and they got a good team. They're wrestling well, and we're wrestling pretty dang well ourselves. So – but Super Bowl things, I say the Bengals? Yeah, I'll go with the Bengals. My wife likes Joe Burrow. And I think a lot of people are starting to like that guy a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know. That's not really my style. But all right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Doug Schwab jumping on the Bengals bandwagon. Always love uh, listening to his insights and kind of how he's feeling. And um, I will be at the West Gym on Friday night. Get to watch them wrestle Air Force. Second time they've wrestled Air Force this season. But I'm very excited to see the Panthers in person for the first time this season. And, um, you know, excited to just get up there and and just kind of check on the vibe in person. Very excited. I love the West Gym personally. I know that there's a lot of people that maybe don't or they want to see the Panthers move to bigger venues so that they can get more fans. Um, I like the West Gym. I think it's really fun. Um, it's not going to be the full jam-packed, hot and rowdy West Gym that we're used to, but still a very fun environment um, and one of the more iconic venues in college wrestling and really Iowa wrestling as a whole. Um, you know, hosted some state championships there, hosted some NCAA championships there. So it's it's uh, awesome building. Um, so very excited for that Friday night. Going to end today's show. Um, we're going a little long here because, again, no script means I tend to ramble. Um, Conversation with Kylie Welker, uh, very first Iowa women's wrestling. I guess, I mean, you, she officially signed. She's the first member of the Iowa women's wrestling program. First recruit to commit. Um, you know, got to talk to her earlier this week about that decision. She made it uh, formal on Thursday. Um, guys, this is a big effing deal, right? She is, uh, she's blossomed into one of, you know, the, the latest star wrestler for, for USA Wrestling. Here's what she's done over the last 10 months. Um, junior world champ u23 world bronze medalist uh added in a junior freestyle national title just for fun um made the olympic trials made the olympic trials finals um and then made the senior world team right so she finished 10th at oslo in in norway um that was before she won a u23 world bronze after she had won a junior world title um you know, absolutely incredible athlete, a transcendent talent, and, um, you know, the number one ranked pound-for-pound women's high school wrestler in America. And now she's going to be a Hawkeye. Um, Excellent, excellent wrestler for uh, head coach Clarissa Chun. Um, You know, you you don't get much better, right, than the number one ranked senior in the country. Just just what a fantastic, fantastic get for for Chun and the Hawkeyes to begin building their program, right? So she's a senior this year, originally from Wisconsin. She will not get to um, officially wrestle for the Hawkeyes until their first season, um, which is the 23-24 season. Uh, But she will be able to join the program. She'll be able to start training, um, and she will be able to compete unattached next year. So um, really, really cool for Kylie. Really, really cool for Clarissa. got to talk to Kylie again earlier this week just about her decision, everything that went into it. Um, And I wanted to share that conversation with you guys here so you can hear from the newest Hawkeye, um, arguably the most credentialed Hawkeye wrestler to join the program, men or woman. 
Um, and just a really, really cool moment for the program, for, for the Iowa community, and really for the wrestling community as a whole, which is something her and I talk about, just what it means to be the first, um, for Iowa to be the first uh, Division One Power Five program, for her to be the first commit to the program, um, and everything in between. So really, really fun conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, let's go to Kylie now. See you guys on the other side. So what ultimately sold you on Iowa? Um, honestly, I just feel like there's no other place like Iowa. Um, I mean, I went on a visit last week, and I went there, and it kind of felt at home. It felt right. Um, and then, obviously, I got to watch the the Penn State versus Iowa duel, and I've, I've never been to anything like that. And just the fans and support behind all the wrestlers is insane. Like, I've competed on some really high stages, and honestly, like, I've never seen a wrestling duel or tournament with that many fans in it, so that was just amazing. Yeah. Um, and on top of it, like, I love Coach Chun. I've been working with her ever since I was really little, so I trust her. And I think that this program has the tools that it needs to help me achieve my goals in the long run, so, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, uh, I, I know that there was, there was a pretty big group of you guys that came in, um, for the visit last weekend. What, uh, what all did you get to do? What all did you get to see? What was kind of the most, uh, impressive part about it? Yeah, that visit was awesome. I had a really, really good time, especially just meeting the other girls. Um, I mean, there's obviously no guarantee that they're going to be my teammates, but I, I really did form some good connections with them. Um, I don't think I've ever ate so much in my entire life, so <laughs> that was that was good. But I was like, "Oh, dang! Like, this is so much." So it was nice. We got um, taken care of really well. Um, all the people that we met were just fantastic people, and really knew they helped me. And um, a lot of things that like changed my perspective was the NIL stuff. Because um, like before the NIL came out. It was hard for college athletes. It was pretty nearly impossible for them to start making money off of their name, image, and likeness. So that really was a turning point for me. And I got to meet all the people that were behind that and just, like, huge supporters of the women's wrestling program. So that was really cool to meet them and just hear what they had to say about everything and just know that there was support um, moving forward with the program. Um, we got to meet... Like I said, just a lot of great people. We got the wrestling room. Uh, yeah, we did like a bus tour and got to kind of visit around campus. Um, they were talking about the fitness center, and they were like, yeah, like we have a 40-foot rock climbing wall. And I was like, oh, like that's pretty neat. I don't know if I've ever got anywhere, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I just went out there and loved it. No, that's awesome. Had you have you ever been to Iowa City before then, or was that like your first time really getting to see it? Um, I've been out there. I think I wrestled at the Conflict at Carver tournament um, back in when I was in sixth grade, I believe, or seventh grade. Okay. Um, I didn't really, you know, tour around Iowa City that much, and I <laughs> Conflict at Carver was one of the first tournaments I've ever lost to a female, so I definitely didn't have a good taste of the, the arena going into it as realistically my only um, memory from the place. But yeah, so that was pretty much my first time out there and really getting to explore and just see everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I know that there's, you know, I, you're you're well versed in the wrestling community, right? You probably hear all about, you know, the Iowa fans and and the support and the experience and, you know, yeah. seeing seeing duels at Carver on TV and just the crowd and everything. How did that kind of, I mean, I the experience of actually being there, like, what was that like compared to maybe what you had heard or what you'd previously seen? Yeah, so. I mean, you hear nothing but good things about Iowa. I mean, unless it's coming from, like, Penn State or something, because I was <laughs> too, big, too big of fans of Iowa. But, um, you know, I definitely didn't know what I was really getting myself into. Like, you know, okay, yeah, crazy fans, sounds cool and all. Like, can't be that crazy. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, like, wrestler does one thing, like, does a down block or just sprawls and the crowd goes wild so it's just i don't know it's just like electrifying and i can't even imagine wrestling in front of such a crowd i think like it'd be super cool experience and definitely would be a lot of fun um i I didn't think it was going to be that crazy but it definitely uh, met my expectations and beyond that so Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to, to ask you about is, is so far as I know, you're I think you're the first one to tell Clarissa that, you know, you're going to commit to the program. And, um, you know, this is obviously still a very new program, right? It, like it's not even five mm-hmm. months old. Um, had, had, yeah. you, had you kind of thought about, you know, what what it means to, you know, you know, literally quite literally from the ground up, right? Like you're, you're going to be the first yeah. person in the building. Yeah, um, I, I definitely so, I, like, if I were to go to this program, like, I wanted to be the first to commit um, for a few different reasons. Uh, one, like I said, you see all the support, you see all the fans. So it'd be good for my brand personally. And then also having, you know, like, I'm right now I'm the pound for pound number one in the country for women's wrestling. So just to see the program start off with a really strong um, wrestler, I think it'll help build the program, one. And two, you know, like, help get put publicity on it um so that was one thing that went into it uh two I definitely think like this whole first d1 women's program like it's making history so being the first commit would just be adding on to being going down in history and I I I find that really cool um yeah I don't know I'm just really excited about it and definitely excited to help build the team up and um you know, get the girls in that I overall, you know, help build the team and just, yeah, like you said, just start this program off. Absolutely. Yeah. When you heard that, you know, Iowa is the first, you know, I, what was it back in September that they formally announced that they were going to add the program? Um, I, what kind of ran through your mind when you heard that, you know, not, I mean, not just any Power 5 school, but, you know, the Iowa Hawkeyes were adding a women's wrestling program. Like, that had to have been pretty cool to hear, right? Yeah, I was definitely excited. I mean, since I was little, um, when I was little, like, you don't know much. I wasn't really big into watching wrestling. My brother, on the other hand, he's he knows everyone and everything about college wrestling. And, or, oh, by the time you go to college, like, there'll be so many D1 schools. Like, you'll get so many offers. And like, it's a very slow process. And it's definitely, like, changed a lot since when I was younger. But um, I was always told like, oh yeah, like, don't worry about it. Like you'll have plenty of offers. You'll be, there'll be so many schools to choose from. And now it's like, like there's one and it's the starting of everything. And so just hearing that it was finally on the ground and starting up was awesome. Um, so that was really exciting to hear. I honestly, 
in the beginning, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go to college or not, just because I didn't have specific academic goals in through like getting a degree or anything. Like I always knew I wanted to go to college, but I had no idea what for, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do after wrestling. Um, like I always talked about, you know, being a coach or whatnot, but like, I didn't know what it took. Like if I wanted to coach a college program, like you need a degree to do that. And I had no idea until I went on that visit. So that was definitely something that changed my mind about college and wrestling. Um, I mean, overall, my, my goals are to be an Olympic gold medalist and I didn't want, um, going to college to be a distraction or, you know, take a step back from what my goals were because of like, I've competed at such a high level. Like I didn't want to jeopardize my growth as a wrestler, um, by going to college, but I, I definitely think that this will help, um, my process. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that I mean, that was something that kind of ran through my mind, too, just looking at all the, you know, all the girls that have come to visit so far, you know, like you and I know the Blade sisters were both there. And, um, you know, there are and especially like with NIL deals and, you know, just other things that aren't just related to college and the rise of women in RTCs like there, there are options for you guys, right? That that, that yeah. not just like college, right? It's not like the, the men's where they kind of have to go to college a little bit to maybe, I you know, I, I, guess they, I guess they don't have to either. But, you know, that just seems like yeah. the more traditional path, whereas like there's a lot of options yeah. for women out there. And so I, I wasn't sure actually how much that was, you know, on your mind and how much that played into, you know, how you were deciding these things. Because, you, know, you know, you made a senior world team, right? Like that's, it, you don't have to do this. Yeah, so there is it has definitely been tough to decide um i've been stressing about a decision for who knows how long now um i definitely like i said i wasn't sure if i wanted to go to college or not um and just looking at all the other options the rtc's the another option were to stay home and train with my personal coach i have um a big family at home and my parents are divorced so I kind of step in and play a role and help watch my siblings a lot. And so like even just moving away from my siblings would be tough and, um, you know, tough for not only me, but my family as well. So it was definitely hard to decide on what I wanted to do. Um, as far as the Olympic training center, I was living out there in 2018, 20, no, 2019. I moved out there and I was, I was only 15 years old when I moved out there and it definitely had all the resources that I needed to become a great elite athlete. It's just hard at such a young age to, you know, one find, okay, you're out there, you're living with all these older residents and athletes as 15 year old, like 15 year olds will get bored. Like (laughs) it's a lot of, um, you're living a grown adult life and it's hard to manage. So I was from a personal growth perspective, perspective I had to think about okay what what can I do after high school that'll not only push my wrestling to the next level but also you know help me grow as a person it's like you think about these RTCs or um staying at home and training like yeah you can stay at home or you can train at these RTCs and you can get a job and you can train or like you know you wake up you go to a practice or two and then what do you do with the rest of your time like it's very easy to create you know being board and it's like at least in college like I'll be busy and I'll be continuously growing as a person not only as a wrestler and it'll just keep me on a consistent schedule which I think is huge for me because the more consistent I am the you know the bigger the jumps I make so I think that was definitely a deciding factor no question absolutely 
Um, I think, honestly, Kylie, that was everything I, I needed from you, unless there was something else you wanted to add. Um, um, I just want to make sure that I thank uh, Clarissa and just every Iowa fans and everything, and just the unending support from everyone and helping get this program off the ground. Excellent stuff there from Kylie Welker. I think you guys are really going to enjoy watching her compete. If you've not seen her compete already, um, I know a lot of her matches, um, whether it's from Fargo or the World Team Trials, the Olympic Trials, Cadet, uh, you know, she was a 2019 Cadet World Bronze Medalist, um, you know, U23 World Championships, Senior World Championships. A lot of her matches have been archived. A lot of them are on Flow Wrestling. A handful of them are elsewhere. Um, Tremendous, tremendous talent. Go watch her. Go get familiar with her style. Um, you know, so that way you guys know what you're getting into when she uh, officially gets to Iowa City. Um, but hey, today was a really long show. I've kept your attention long enough. If you're still listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, be sure to rate and review the show, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe. Catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos on Des Moines Register.com, HawkCentral.com. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories stories and videos from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. That place isn't packed. I, I'm gonna be one. Bleep bleep bleepy bleep. bleep.